In the grim darkness of the second millennia, there is only a shitty podcast hosted by three dorks. A podcast about the grim darkness of the 41st millennia and how incredibly stupid it is. This is Grim Dorks. Hello everyone, welcome to Grim Dorks, a discussion podcast the lore and story of the Warhammer 40,000 universe. I am... Hierophant John, and with me as always are my two favorite stealers of your pants. Excuse me? <laughs> uh, I am Dominatrix Fuzzy. Um. I don't know. Let's. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Whipping Boy Braden, I guess, because I don't fucking know. What is that a reference to? Gene stealers. What? I just went. Like, I, 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 I wasn't sure if this was because isn't there a Deldar unit called a Hierophant as well? Probably. Yeah, and then there's Nid units called Hierophants. In fact, there's two. There's the Gene Stealer kind, and then there's the Bio Titan kind. Everything is terrible. Yeah. So I chose Dominatrix because I could at least hit two out of three with that. Is Dominatrix a Tyranid unit? <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh, um, okay. Interesting. It's it's also a uh, it's also a Deldar unit. Surprising no one. Interesting. In case it wasn't obvious, dear audience and Brayden, uh, we're talking about Nids today. Uh, Tira Nids, a.k.a. the what thing fuck? that inspired the Zerg. Yes, they came first, you filthy fucks. Um, in fact, I'm holding in my hands published evidence of that. Hit it. Cite your sources. Tyranid yeah, Codex, 2nd Edition, 1994. Punk. Um, cool. Perfect. Of course, Tyranids themselves existed in first edition as well but a little bit differently uh and unlike the other episodes i'd like to start with a bit of history because uh i find this fascinating and a pretty good introduction to tyranids namely in this is the introduction the galaxy got to tyranids so John, do you have anything to add before I launch in? Take us away. Alright. So, fun fact. There's a reason they're called Tyranids. And not, you know, Terranids or... They cry a lot. D- no. They. It's because the first place they were encountered was a planet called Tyran. Oh? Tyran was an ocean world. Uh really not particularly notable except that it had an Adeptus Mechanicus way station on it for explorator fleets. You see, after the Dark Age of Technology, uh, and even after the Great Crusade, we wanted to know what was out there, and also maybe find some human settlements. So explorator fleets went out and did their darndest. Tyran exists on the edge of the galaxy, the southeast for the record, in uh, Segmentum Tempestis, I think, um, if I'm remembering my Segmentums correctly. There's a lot of them. There's five, John. 
There's a lot of them. That's a lot. Well, five the, is the more main than problem one. is there's five segmentums, but they all cover so much fucking space. Yes, there is that problem. Um, trying to see if I can quickly somehow find. Nope. Um. So, uh, not a particularly notable place, but as they were exploring, every once in a while they came across a world that they looked at and was like, hmm. Our previous records of this place from, like, a thousand years ago, last time someone was out here, says that this place was fertile, and now it's a barren rock. Weird. This happened several times. No one on Tyran or the Mechanicus thought this very interesting, but it did catch the eye of an Inquisitor. His name was Cryptman. Cryptman? Yes. Like, his full name was Crypt Man, or his last Crypt name was Crypt Man? Last name Spelled was Crypt K. Man. <laughs> Spelled okay. with a K. Real Beyonce. Because now that. I just think of him as a superhero, so... I, I, I'm thinking of him as a Necron. I'm, I'm thinking of him as, uh, fucking Trazen, cleverly disguised as an Inquisitor. <laughs> it's an Inquisitor. Yeah, I it's mean, Trazen. Confirmed. He is his a last name is dick. Crypt Man. He, he, Crypt Man is also a bit of a dick, from what I've heard. But, he noticed... Hmm, he noticed... Something's fucky here. And he compiled his evidence and was like, There's too, there are too many inconsistencies here for this to be uh, inaccurate uh, and mistakes. We need to check this out. And so the Inquisition was like, Alright, take a ship, go out there. And while Crippman was in the warp, Tyran was attacked. Uh-oh. A great tendril of the Great Devourer the high fleet known that we come to know today as Behemoth attacked Tyran. First, bombarded from orbit by 200 meter long... Well, hold on. First, it should be noted, Tyran is an ocean world with a variety of life in it, ranging from uh, regular fish all the way up to weird, spooky kraken creatures. Um... But this base was on an island that was fortified to resist fucking mega-hurricanes and krakens. So, it's a pretty well-equipped place. But then, from the sky, explosive things began to rain down as giant ships orbited the planet. Some of these exploded, but others just flooded into the water harmlessly, confusing the people on planet quite thoroughly. It was then that they started getting hit by something else, something that didn't explode. And when I say something, I mean millions of things. Millions upon millions of pods fell from the sky, dropping disgusting Xeno creatures from out of them, and while the Planetary Defense Force did their darnness to try to stop these from landing, there's only so much so many gun batteries can do. What happened next, we're largely unsure, because only no one survived this, and the only remaining record we have is, <laughs> thankfully, 
a rather large... Well, the Archmagos of Tyran died to provide as much data as he could on these creatures. These creatures made of chitinous anger, essentially. Teeth and bone, who shot acid from organic rifles, could leap over tall walls, could crawl across any that they couldn't jump over, and traveled in ships that they themselves were organic. He provided as much information as he could, and when Cryptman arrived, you know what he found on the ocean world of Tyran? Dead people. No. Nothing. Nothing. Tyranids. Not oh. a single ounce of organic matter was left on Tyran. There was metal, and there was water, and there was dust. Not but, a single bit of organic matter left. So, Fuzzy, I'm gonna ask you, because yep. I don't remember. Is it at the cellular level? Yep. Oh, Damn. shit. So, those, even the water was empty of not just fish, but also bacteria. It was H2O, and that's it. Damn. Every well, ounce of organic material was gone, not just from Tyran, but from every other planet that these creatures, come to known as the Tyranids, invaded. They are fucking terrifying. Tyranids come from beyond the galaxy. They are cells. A single Tyranid is not a creature of its own. It is a cell in a great and possibly galaxy-spanning organism that wants only one thing. Brayden, can you guess what that thing is? Death. To eat. Um, nom, nom. Oh. That's it. So, yep. let's, let's kind of talk about Tyranids in the the role they fill in the fiction. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. So, Tyranids fill the role of a very easy protagonist, be, or antagonist, antagonist, rather, because all they will kill everyone and everything. Yeah. Uh, they are abjectly terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to have their their little tendrils show up everywhere because of gene stealer cults which i think is probably one of the most fun things is oh look we thought we were fine and then gene stealer cults oh, i know real quick i just want to provide some real world context for how tyranids developed as well because before 40k was really 40k proper we had uh space quest Space Quest was GW's sci-fi variation of Hero Quest, duh, um, and provided a lot of the basis of things we see in 40k later, uh, ranging from the Chaos Android that later became the Necron, and the uh, Chaos Alien, which was a, a proto-gene stealer. Then came the game Space Hulk, which was also a board game. 
This board game was you played Space Marines in Terminator armor walking through essentially a drifting wreck in space, uh, and you are constantly accosted by gene stealers, who were developed from kind of funky looking alien guys into uh, the xenomorph from Alien. Um, but something that is threatening enough to be the xenomorph from Alien to a guy equipped in two-and-a-half-inch-thick ceramite armor. Uh, a, a little context here is, as I recall, some Chaos Space Marines were fighting, were kind of going through a Space Hulk or, like, a underground ice base, and a Gene Stealer shows up. Kills, like, five of them. Oh. Solo. They're fast, they're razor-sharp, and Space Hulks are full of them. Jeans. And also... Proboscis. Yeah. Gene Stealers uh, really are Xenomorphs, like, from the Alien series. It's yeah. almost one-to-one -one a Xenomorph from the Alien series, and even some of the art in early Tyranid Codexes is, like, I'm currently looking on uh, page 9 of the 2nd edition Tyranid Codex, and this motherfucker got three mouths. That's one more than a xenomorph, and one of the mouths is on the tongue. So bad. Which makes them better, yes. Uh, and on top of that, they're elongated heads, and backwards knees, and propensity for crawling, and spikes. Uh, these really are, ze and also for using the biomass of other species in order to reproduce. Um, tyranids are essentially what happens if you take the take a, uh, a xenomorph and make them worse in every way possible. <laughs> Except for the acid blood. They don't natively have acid blood. Oh, they should, though. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much copyright infringement we could do. Yes. Um, I don't know. Warhammer tells the line pretty hard. It's true. Uh, which I think is part of the reason why StarCraft got away with it when they did. Um, also, for the record, every once in a while, I will call out the StarCraft unit, uh, whenever we're describing a unit in Tyranids, because they rip a lot off. Um, like a lot, a lot. So, let's talk about the, the structure of the Tyranid race as a whole, in terms of, like, where did they come from, where are they going, and why. Right. So, Tyranids are, as previously described, a horror from beyond the galaxy. We don't, know, we don't know where they came from, we don't know if they're fleeing something, but current Imperial thought is that the Astronomicon is summoning them. Like, moths to a flame. Oh... And, uh, fun fact, Tyranids don't go through the warp. They, uh... They, they go do, manual. They they do purely sublight travel. Wow. Uh, do they do gravity manipulation, or is it just they keep accelerating? Uh, as far as I'm aware, they just keep accelerating. But I might just it, be mismarried. Oh god, he's warp font! Kill him! Yep. <laughs> yep, <laughs> there it was. Um... As far as I know, they just keep going fast until they hit something. 
Yeah. So Which is actually a valid strategy they've used before. Space. Of just crashing a hive ship into a planet. I mean... They'll make another one. The goo is still there. Yeah. Basically what they do is, uh... They'll seed Space Hulks with Gene Stealers, right? Mm-hmm. And then a, uh... A survivor of that Space Hulk will be how we say horny for that proboscis. <laughs> Excuse me? Which they get hit with basically the ovipositor. This is a lot of bullshit, but basically it rewrites their genetic code mm-hmm. and then gives them the imperative to have a lot of children. Okay. I'm gonna stop you and back it up. Okay. There are... This is a lot of stupid. Yeah, and I can tell. There are two and a half ways the Tyranids go about reproducing. John has started down the path of the gene stealer method. I want to get back to that, because that's the backup plan. That's not the primary plan. I was going more for how a gene stealer cult is formed, and then once they invade a planet... Except they don't do gene stealer cults on most planets. They just fucking invade because they're a swarm. They just run into them. Yes. Yeah. So, if you'll forgive me, John, I'm gonna stop you right there and bring us to the primary path, the holy path, if you will, the righteous swarm. Classic. Um, because a Tyranid invasion, as previously mentioned, basically starts with ramming as much shit onto the planet as humanly possible. Okay. Xenoly possible. Uh. Oh, man. You get... The thing about Tyranids that grosses me out the most is how organic everything is, which is their shtick, obviously, but like the mycetic spore? I think that's right. Yeah. Disgusting. It's just a flesh pod that is full of, you know... Meotic. Things that, things that want to eat you, yeah, meotic. It's a, it's a, it's a mine. It's, it's a mine. It's the Tyranid version of a mine. Um, so... Plan numero uno. When you get to a planet. And this is actually a good way of also going through the uh, hierarchy of Tyranid bioforms. Um, For the most part, you start with the small stuff. Because why bother manufacturing the big shit yet when we have a lot of small things? No, dog, go bigger, go home. A lot of these small things... The main three of these are... Hormagonts, Termagonts, and Gargoyles, with occasional rippers. Uh, so, Hormagonts and Termagont... Hormagont is the basic organism in Tyranids. They're the Zergling of uh, Tyranids. They're literally just... Um, imagine the Xenomorph, but replace hands with scythes. Oh. You're there. You're done. <laughs> That's it. Oh, they look like <laughs> velociraptors. Yeah, they're pretty velociraptory. Um They they're 
they they really are just the zergling of this fucking game. Like I don't I don't if you've played StarCraft, you know what these are. Um if, if you've played Tyranids, they are the garbage. You just take 30 of them to make them good. That's it. That's all, that's all they're there for. They're, yes, in-game, for the most part, they are, in much the way a Zergling is, meant to be, uh, cannon fodder. <laughs> they, uh, they're meant to be a lot of meat between point A and point B, but in the context of the story, um, they should be much cheaper in the game, <laughs> let's put it that way, because... On average, by the time you're seeing a Hormagont, you're probably then going to see around 1 to 8 billion more of them. Excellent. There's a lot. Now, let's say that the thing you're trying to eat is, I don't know, got like a laser fence or something, and all of your Hormagonts just keep evaporating. Mm -hmm. Well, probably be good to shoot it from farther away, and that's where you get a Termagont. Which is just a... It's a Hormagaunt, but with a gun. That's oh, it. yeah. It's just got a gun on it. <laughs> yep. It's just got hands and a gun. Yep. It's got a flesh gun. They're genetically bred to have guns. Yes. Oh, it's a flesh gun? Oh, what does it stand Teeth? Uh, uh, they yeah. shoot spores. It shoot with spikes. It shoots it's disgusting. It shoots a semi-living, uh, essentially Ew. spike that wants to dig. Ew. And, and so, by propelling it at high speed at some poor fucker wearing armor, the flesh borer dig. will do the thing that it says in its name. Ew. Now, let's say that uh, your termagants are not getting good at shooting the thing. Yeah. And you need something to go over the thing. Gargoyles. Uh -huh. It's a termagant with wings. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen I, That's I've it. seen the gargoyles. It's it's a termagant with wings. Um yep. They're just little little raptors with wings. And guns, they got guns. Yes. Sometimes they do. Now, uh let's say real quick that you're done. You've complete you've ate the thing. Mm -hmm. Well, there needs to be things that actually do the eating, and that's where the Ripper comes in. The Ripper is the larva of the um, Tyranid Swarm, where essentially it's a tiny warm worm with a bunch of teeth, and it eats as much as it can before throwing itself back into the semi-acidic spawning pool, uh, dissolves itself and everything it ate, and give, essentially a new Ripper is spit out the other side. Ooh. Rinse and repeat. That's how the Tyranids eat and cr get more biomass. Ah, interesting. That's now, a word we're going to use a lot. Biomass. Bio the ultimate bio weapon. Well, yeah. Tyranids. So, that's, yes. That's them. So, um, real quick to mention, Tyranids don't have a concept of sexual reproduction. They have to eat to get more stuff to make more Tyranids with. Mm. Which is Interesting. really, and it's weird too, because the way they, when a ripper or whatever comes back with a big old tummy full of delicious stuff, um, and it gets dissolved, it gets dissolved down to amino acids. The amino acids are then taken and folded up into proteins elsewhere, but the DNA is taken and analyzed by the hive mind. And essentially, the good bits are taken out and used in other parts 
theoretically, at some point, a Tyranid ate something with scythe arms, and now all the Tyranids have scythe arms, because that's a good idea. Yeah, um, scythe arms are a great idea. Yeah, um, I assume they ate the necromorphs. Um... <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It does. It's also terrifying. Um, so, because of that, keep that in mind. That's why they go for the biomass eaten. Similar to the oh. reason why you did that in Prototype, because that's how you level up. Yeah. Um, that's how Tyranids level up, too. Wink. Prototype was a rad game. That's a Fuck good game. Prototype was a very good game. Prototype um, 2 was fucking amazing. Prototype 2 was a much worse story, but a much better game. Um, I'm, I'm really yeah. hoping for Prototype 3. No, it's the studio that made it got shut down. Fuck. The, the license got bought. Similar. The license did get bought. Oh, yeah, nice. but nobody's done anything within years. Let me meme. Let me I know. I wish. No, I'm with okay. you. I wish there was. Think a about it like here. this, right? When. When Relic folded, we thought we weren't going to get any games. Yeah, but then they got bought, and now they're still making games. That, there, there we go. Yeah, That's well, fair. Radical, I think the guys who made it are named Radical, they got shut down like as soon as they finished Prototype 2. They're like, ah, oh, you're out. And they're like, oh. So Tyranids. Anyway, back Tyranids, to Tyranids. Yes. Um, Ultimate bio-weapon. So, uh, real quick... Well, no, I'm going to keep going up the line. So, then... The Tyranid Swarm has a few other ideas for shit to pop out for special scenarios, because... I, I, I think... I is think. it time to go to the top? I think we gotta talk Synapse for a minute. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, so you go. I'll let okay. you. Alright. So, a thing about Tyranids... I permit you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you talk about the Synapse. Okay. So, Tyranids, on a very baseline level have almost no brain. Mm -hmm. They They're have minds. They have no thought. They are literally a hive mind. And the way that it works is, say, a gargoyle, or rather a, a, a hormigant, will act in just mindless aggression towards the nearest non-tyranid thing. This is represented on tabletop as... They need to constantly move towards the closest enemy and attack them. That's okay. Unless you have a unit with synapse, like a Tyranid warrior, which is fuzzy. What's the Starcraft equivalent? Uh, let me double check the handy. Uh, there's not really a one to one, honestly, for Tyranid warrior. Really? Um, warrior, like, it, it, I'd imagine imagine a hydralisk with legs. Like that's about as close as I can get. Um, yeah, they look like hydralisks. They look kind of like hydralisks, yeah, but... Eh. So what you'll see... There's, okay, there's a greater propensity for legs in Tyranids, and a greater propensity for snake body in Zerg. Mm -hmm. Just throwing that out there. Right, Continue. Right, right, right. So, they... A Tyranid warrior has a synapse, where... It basically speaks to, through the greater hive mind, these lower level beings. Okay. And that's just how it works. So, it's frequent where you'll see 
uh, Tyranid warriors being surrounded by uh, fuck enemies Hormigons as they're moving because the Hormigons are moving with them and it's described Uh as like really creepy the way that like a group of Hormigons when they're under synapse control will move all together Mm -hmm. like same step it's super creepy. Yeah, yeah. Because I, they're literally the moving time. as one. Yeah. Right. And also know, to it, bring it, it back real quick, uh, the Zerg equivalent of synapse is you know how you have to spawn additional overlords. That. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Because <laughs> otherwise, if you were to the in-game reason, and they explain this in StarCraft. Hi, welcome to uh, Star Dorks, a StarCraft lore and discussion podcast. Um... <laughs> Uh, the reason they explain that in-game, if I remember correctly, is if you were to spawn a Zerg without an Overlord there to exert control over them, uh, it would just basically run off and start eating without you touching it. Get it? I get it. So yeah, anyway, back to, back to John. I understand. Okay, uh, so a side effect of Synapse Control is another aspect of Gene Stealers that makes them terrifying. Or Tyranids mm. in general, that makes them terrifying. A phenomena known only as the shadow in the warp. Okay. I so look a shadow... phrase we keep misusing in various ways. <laughs> so the, the shadow in the warp is when enough of the hive mind is in an area, the psychers in the Imperium can't reach the, the warp. Okay. It's like there's just this blank... It's described a bunch of ways, but I think it's basically... There's nothing there. It's like being uh, around a a blank or a pariah. Uh, So they can just walk a psyker around and then they're like, Oh, I can't feel anything, and that's when they know a Tyranid swarm is about to appear? Well... The way I've actually heard, uh, they explain it a little bit differently in actually 2nd edition and some of the earlier ones, where it's less a shadow and more an outright... It's like the shadow we've been describing, where it's not like feeling a pariah, it's like feeling a giant fucking presence. Mm-hmm. I, I think a way it might work is that, like, there's not enough psychic like free bandwidth if that makes sense <laughs> to get through the call yeah it's kind of dumb well no you're right okay but when tyranids show up you can't call for help anymore oops but like yeah, the other sucks. thing is it's not just i really want to bring home that this is the great devourer's mental presence essentially eating all of the warp bandwidth in the area because as mentioned each tyranid is a cell in the organism that is the great devourer we don't even know what the full might of the great devourer looks like because it's basically a zothoth which for (laughs) those of you who aren't fucking fist deep inside H.P. Lovecraft lore, is Cthulhu's great-granddaddy, and also literally a black hole that screams. 
in the center of the universe and is surrounded by millions of trumpeteers who are playing a discordant harmony. Um, I, I like Azothoth a lot, and that's why I like the Great Devourer. They're oh. spooky. Spooky. And they consume. And like, bring to your point, it's not, uh, oh, the psychers have all started freaking out. They so the do. Tyranids must a lot be of here. them do. They start do freak out. out, but by the time that happens, it is too late. Yeah, because once a, a hive fleet has made its presence felt, and by God, you will feel its presence. You the proboscis. <laughs> uh, the Imperium will do anything and everything to stop that. And I don't know if Fuzzy wants to get into uh, Krypton's bull bullshittery this episode or next. Eh, I don't know a lot about his bullshittery, honestly, and I couldn't care less because meh. Uh, well, the... it the it's important because of the response. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it next episode. Um, because we still have a lot of Tyranids to. There's a lot of biomorphs to get into because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of. There's a lot of <laughs> sticky biomass here. <laughs> we gotta trudge through the biomass. So much biomass. I hope you are ready for that proboscis. Um, I'm ready for it. So much proboscis. So... Oh god, it's leaking. <laughs> um, so... Real quick, I'm gonna jump to the top since we talked about sy synapse. Oh no. Synapse is lorded over the weaker Tyranids by a few, s well, really a couple of bioforms. One of them being the Tyranid Warrior, which is, mm -hmm. as mentioned, uh, somewhere between a Hydralisk and a Broodlord. It's much taller than Hormagons and Termagants, um, and they're... Imagine if a Necromorph... The, ar the regular human arms on a necromorph could still operate things, and that also, instead of it just being a necromorph, it was a xenomorph, and also angrier. Um, it has a gun, it's got a sword, it's got a whip, it's got everything. Warriors come with a lot of possible war gear, which is why I think they're dope as shit. Um, and a whip. In yes, including a tendril whip, it's very gross. Um... They they are the sergeants of the Tyranid race, essentially. Um, they don't they don't think super well on their own, but they're a very good conduit for synapse, and so they are then once more the thing that makes other things around them follow the line. They're also real gross-looking and fucking vicious on the battlefield, but you know sometimes you need a, a bigger more badass version and so you might get a warrior prime but sometimes a prime doesn't do it for you and that's where you get a hive tyrant Ooh. the hive tyrant is the general of a hive tendril it is as far as we know the smartest thing a tyranid swarm can produce well what about Swarm Lords? Swarm Lord is a guy. What about Kerrigan? I thought 
Isn't there one per high fleet? No. Is the guy just called Swarm Lord? The Swarm Lord is one guy. Interesting. He has many swords. Well, as far as the. He is called the Swarm Lord. Everything I. In a plural. Also, like, look down a little bit. He's also immortal, as his memories and personality are constantly saved by the hive mind and are placed in brand new shiny body if the previous one got blasted apart with massed meltafire. The Swarm Lord is a single hive tyrant. And it's just passed around. Yes, because I remind you, Hive Fleets are just tendrils of the Great Devourer. And so sometimes you need to swim that Swarm Lord back up to make him pop out somewhere else. So, to back up a little bit before we get to Tyranid Creed, um... Creed. Hive Tyrants are the generals of the space. They are really, like, the chapter masters or chapter captains of uh, a group. Um, of a high fleet, excuse me. They're the best equipped, they're the smartest, they're the fastest, they're the angriest, they're so fucking gross. They're kind of psychic, well, technically psychic. Um, You could argue that every synapse creature is psychic. But I mean... A battle psychic. (laughs) Okay. As in, a hive tyrant that can look at you and go, your brain explode. And your brain explodes. Um, Uh, Like that dude that keeps screaming about piercing the thin veil of reality. Yeah, like that asshole. Um, Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Hive tyrants, because they are the best equipped, also come in a variety of formats, ranging from walking to flying to uh, crawling to creeping and being real gross. All of them are gross, and all of them are just essentially the best equipped with all kinds of gross methods, ranging from whips to guns to swords to gun swords to bigger scythes to even bigger scythes to the biggest scythe. Um, I think there is actually a piece of Tyranid war gear that is just a giant scythe. Um, Probably. Scything talons. But bigger. Either way, scythe. Um, but as mentioned, and we'll talk about him more in the character part in the second half, Swarmlord is a, the creed of uh, the army. He's a mega psychic, he is a super heavy, he is made of swords and fuck, uh, and blood and screaming. Uh, don't fuck with the Swarmlord. Just don't. Just don't. Bad idea. Don't. He has so many plans. Bente, 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 bente. Yeah. So, uh, let me check time real quick. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll just run through a few of the other not Gene Stealer half of the. I wanna. Okay, well, one thing I wanna do is talk about the different high fleets. You, right, right. Uh, and yeah, I'm just. Just go look at fucking StarCraft. Like, literally. There there are Hydralisks, except they're called, uh,. Shit, which one? Uh, Carnifex? No, Carnifexes? Uh, yes. Hydralisks are Carnifexes. Um, basically, bigger, wider boys with scythes. Just scythes. Um, Lictors, which are essentially a stealth Cthulhu. Um, Exocrines, which are artillery. Uh, Maliceptors, which are, uh, fucking shit, I know, but I need to play StarCraft again, I miss it. Um, 
a big armored scythe boy. Um, the list goes on. I, if I'm going to talk about every single one of these, I'm going to be here all day. Basically, yeah. if there's a problem, Tyranids have a thing to make of it a solution. And also, they're gross. Um, special shout out to the Dominatrix and Hierophant and Hydrophant and Viacator, which are the titans of the Tyranids. Dominatrix are the smallest ones, and no, they aren't sexy. Uh, they're basically the size of a T-Rex, but with a gun on the back and scythe arms. The Hierophant, Hierophant and Dominatrix, they got that arch. Yep. Uh, Hierophants are... Uh, about as tall as the back of a Brontosaurus, not the, not okay. including neck, just the back. Um, they got that arch. Yep, and uh, at full length, they would be about the length of a blue whale. Um, Hydrophants are that, but bigger. Um, and Viacators are, um, it's a xenomorph, but also a tank. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to give a shout out to the Bio Titans, cause fuck yeah. Bio Titans. So, the various hive fleets. They yes. have incredible names. Like Behemoth and Leviathan. Yes. And Kraken. Yeah. Uh -huh. Noticing a theme. Yes. And my least favorite hive fleet from the Death Watch role playing game, High Fleet Dagon. Dagon. <laughs> just out of left field, just everything else is tentacly, and then Dagon. I mean, Dagon's pretty tentacly. That is true. I don't. I don't actually know what Dagon is offhand. Uh, it is very Lovecraftian. In the Hebrew Bible, Dagon is an ancient Mesopotamian, Assyro-Babylonian, and Levitine deity. He appears to have been worshipped as a fertility god among a bunch of these people. The Hebrew Bible mentions him as the national god of the Philistines with temples at Ashdod and elsewhere in Gaza. He also has an association with the word fish. Yep. The, uh, the fish people that exist in the Lovecraftian mythos are, like, the people of Dagon. Oh, uh, okay. Dagon is also a short story written by H.P. Lovecraft. Yep, I heard about that one. Also, fun fact, some of the homebrew uh, high fleets include Nidhogger and Migo. Migo. Nidhogger is great. Migo as in the Lovecraft monster, not, not, <laughs> not, not Migos. Migos as in everyone's Migos. favorite Atlantis, or Atlanta. Atlantis rappers. rappers. <laughs> Migos is my Fuck. favorite Atlantis rapper. I'm gonna edit all this shit out. <laughs> no, keep it. <laughs> okay, so... I think... Hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> I think the last thing we're going to do is a timeline of a Tyranid invasion, because I think it's pretty neat. This episode, or...? This one, because okay. we still got like 15 minutes. Cool. So, let's say a team of eh, stormtroopers, that's a thing in 40k, go to a, in, go to a Space Hulk, someone gets a... Horny for the gets proboscis. That, gets that, someone gets that proboscis. And then they meet Quavo offset and take off. <laughs> uh, and their their genetic code gets rewritten where they want to propagate which will lead to the creation of a gene stealer cult. After that happens, they will make more and more and more 
until they basically, by their very existence, send out just this psychic beacon. Hey, come eat us! Come eat us! Like, come eat us! Yeah. Uh, the High Fleet will show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very first step is just a bombardment of spores. Uh-oh. And, you know, most Imperial worlds are pretty well suited to defend against space-based invasion, but they run out of ammo. Uh-oh. Tyranids do not. <laughs> yeah, Tyranids Tyr- don't run out of ammo. The Imperium will run out of ammo before the Tyranids run out of bodies. Also, for the record, earlier, John, you were trying to say mycetic spore, and you were correct. That is the drop pod. My bad. Hey. So, this this continues to happen, and as more and more spores are dropped, the very, um, in, like, climate of the planet begins to change. Mm. It starts to get hot. So on and so forth. Really musky and humid. It's gross. And if there is an Imperial world or with a defense force, because all worlds do, they'll basically say, alright, we're going to hold them off for as long as we can. And just pray and hope and pray and hope. <laughs> and they just, like, ring up around cities and fight for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, they will also eventually run out of ammo. Yeah. Uh, another terrifying thing Tyranids do. If I was, let's talk about lictors real quick. Oh, fuck. I, I, real quick, I want to. I want to use a. I want to use the parable of that one to explain lictors because fuck yeah, Cthulhu ninjas. Um. All right. What's the name of that one? Fuck, I don't remember. Ah, fucking. Is it a specific lictor? Yes, he is, has a specific name. Fuck. Okay, so, a while ago... You keep talking, I'm gonna look it up. A while ago. So, a lictor, as mentioned, looks like a Cthulhu and a Tyranid warrior had a baby, and then that baby learned the ways of ninjutsu. Um, oh, Deathleaper. Deathleaper. Deathleaper was a lictor, which is one of these ninja Cthulhus, that was sent to a planet ahead of a high fleet. When he landed, lictors are middle smart. They're clever. Because Deathleaper, he had an understanding. Are they clever girls? When he invaded this world on his own, he saw that the leader of this world, an Ecclesiarch, uh, so Mm -hmm. if the Ecclesiarch died, he'd be a martyr. And that would make everyone band together. We can't have that. So the Death Leaper killed everyone around the Ecclesiarch for three oh. weeks. Oh. Every single person that got near the Ecclesiarch, Death Leaper would kill. And then he'd run away and hide and show up again and kill everyone. Until he, the Ecclesiarch, went insane. Literally alien. Alien, but so much worse. Alien, but with Cthulhu. Alien Cthulhu ninja, but with smarter and with more hate. That's an 80s hit movie right there. They're also... 
chameleon. They also can chameleon and blend into things. Yeah, apparently they also have, they have predator vision. I love it. <laughs> of course they do, of course. Fucking, why wouldn't they? They're why wouldn't they, yeah. Fucking terrifying. And they're, they are pretty spooky. Um, couple of other special mentions. Zoanthropes. Imagine if a, uh, Hydralisk had psychic powers. That's mm -hmm. it. I like... I'm seeing Malanthropes, which are pretty scary looking. Uh, uh Malanth My favorite Zoanthrope is the Doom of Malantai. I guess we're gonna have to talk about that next week. Yeah. Uh, 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 yes, let me eat your soul. Malanthropes uh, are Venom Cthulhu. Excellent. Um, but real quick, we should talk about Gene Steel Cults. Okay. Uh. So, let, let's go back to getting horny for that proboscis. Alright. This is after you've been horny for the proboscis. Right, so, okay. This is after you're pretty horny for the proboscis. So, let's say... Subject A has lived through an encounter with a gene stealer. Much like okay. uh, every guy that dies first in Alien, he's actually pregnant. Oh. Or more accurately, rewritten. Mm -hmm. So he has this drive to reproduce. So he goes with home. that proboscis? No, with his penis. Or her oh. vagina, whichever. Uh, either way, you're gonna use what you got and get going. Mm -hmm. Thing is, the overriding, due to your proboscis meeting, is an STD. Uh-oh. So... Assuming subject A is a male, you go home, you get busy with your lady, and she goes, well, let's get busy with some other fellas and friends, too. So, you basically make an orgy cult. Okay. Generation the... 1 is born. Nine-ish months later. Generation 1 of the Gene Stealer cult is born. Mm-hmm. They're disgusting. They're disgusting. But if you're familiar with the human alien hybrid breeding program, this is eerily similar. Gene Stealer hybrids look uh fucking gross. <laughs> At least generation one. Uh, uh -huh. really, really gross. They're, they're closer to gene they're closer to gene stealers. Pure strain gene stealers. Yes. They have purple they have purple skin. They have purple skin and look like they should are asking for death. Um, yes. Kill me. Me. Uh, they're real fucking gross. Um, and I hate looking at them. But here I am. They, they get progressively more human to the point where, like third or fourth gen, they're basically human. Second generation but... looks. Uh, Basically, just purple with extra arms. Uh, fifth generation is human with ridges on the head, so like a Klingon cosplayer. Uh, seventh and out, basically indistinguishable. And this is even from the Gene Stealer hybrids interbreeding with themselves. Still, the they get stealthier. And also, they breed and grow faster. So, one of the parts of the Gene Stealer cult is to not only be a cult around themselves, 
but to invade all systems on the planet. Which is why Gene Steeler cults often get to take uh, Adeptus Astra Militarum units, Imperial Guard units, because they're part of the Imperial Guard. Mm. Now, it should also be noted that, uh, remember Subject A, who got so horny for that proboscis? Yeah. Well, after he proceeded to use his own proboscis, uh, as it were, he undergoes another change after he gets a few good, uh, proboscings in. And mm -hmm. that change turns him into something distinctly new. Uh, oh, also, excuse me. We were going way out. First generation, gross. Second generation, three arms. Third generation, crouchy dudes. Fourth generation, basically normal. <laughs> crouchy dudes. Yeah. Um, Hello, fellow crouchy dude. <laughs> so, the original uh, proboscis guy... Uh -huh. gets becomes the patriarch patriarchs come in a variety of formats ranging from gross fat overblown fucking monstrosities uh he, he looks really gross uh the original gene stealer cult from way <laughs> yeah he does way back when from way downtown from way downtown uh and he's actually the oldest pure strain um, so, that first guy who got fucked, uh, and had all, basically all of his genetic information rewritten into being a gene stealer. Uh, he is now, uh, I hate you, Brayden. Um, <laughs> Brayden just put a picture in our chat of, this Tyranid is dabbing, and he's right, but I don't have to like it's it. It's dabbing. So, um... The Patriarch grows and becomes heavily psychic, and is essentially the beacon for a mini-hive mind that envelops the rest of the, um, what's it called? Gene Stealer cult. Right. Okay. Um, uh, sometimes they also produce brood lords, which are, like, one step down. They're just really heavily psychic gene stealers. Um, mm -hmm. And they're okay, I guess, but not as good as patriarchs. But are still often cult leaders. Below them are uh, Maguses and Primuses. Mm -hmm. Maguses, they're psychers. They look like priests and they have dope-ass psychic powers. They're the chief psyker of the cult. Nice. Primuses are the chief warrior. Uh, and the right-hand man of the Patriarch. Okay. Uh, there are a few other weirder elements that start going in, such as aberrants, who are hybrids that something went wrong. Um, oh. But they become big, beefy Gene Stealer boys and look real gross. Uh, the Gene Stealer familiar is kind of like a fucking... Uh, not squig. Uh... Gretchen, but Gene Steelery? They're, yeah. yeah. That's just more arms and purple. Yeah, it's just more arms and purple. <laughs> more arms and purple. Just just hate them. Just know that you should hate them. The Tyranid way. Yes. Everything Unless, is purple if, and more arms. If you're not a heretic, you should hate them. If you are a heretic, please see your nearest commissar. Thank you. 
it, it, even even look even if you're are are a heretic and you worship the ruinous powers please take a good hard look at this and hate it fun fact fun fact uh chaos chaos space marines in particular still hate xeno interesting uh they uh in a, in a book i was reading they arrived on a planet that had a gene stealer cult and they're like god fuck gods fuck this we need to kill all of them and then go get the the necron dilly dad that we wanted but also <laughs> kill all of them kill them all oh my god what? so i i kept reading about familiars um, and I just want to tell this, because this is fucking disturbing? Like, really deeply disturbing to me. So, uh -huh, okay, best. you're a patriarch, or a magus, and you're, you fucking conquer the shit out of this planet. Like, when the, when the swarm comes in, no issues, right? Yeah. Or bordering on, like, you, you've conquered the entire continent or something. Yeah, you check into your boss, and you're like, no problem. So you start putting, you start exerting your control over all of the Gene Stealer cultists, and you've got so much psychic power going on that you are just pause so much custard. <laughs> well, the yeah. thing is, that psychic custard grows thick and dark until it coalesces into a being. A familiar okay. is literally what happens when a gene stealer psychic gets so psychic about it that out pops another gene stealer that is tiny and gross looking and also a conduit for psychic powers. With more arms and purple. With more arms and purple. I hate that. Oh, I'm looking at it. They look like little tiny gray aliens, but they're purple. Yep, that's that's it. That's your. They're boy. awful. I hate it. Um, I hate it. Uh, they're like Gretchens for the Tyranids. They really are. I wasn't joking. Um, as mentioned, uh, Gene Stealer uh, hybrids, especially fourth generation and onwards, will often um get into like the militarum and the administratum and stuff like that and uh often just straight up either induct more people into the gene stealer cult or um fucking take it over uh and then when shit goes down and it's time to bring chaos to the windy city and the the mama hive starts coming down Fuck, man, let's just start blowing shit up with chimeras. Well, that'll, that'll root some chaos out and make it easier for the Tyranids to come in. That gets that good shit. But then something happens. Mm -hmm. So, Mama comes home <laughs> to eat the planet. Yes. And something suddenly happens to the Patriarch. Oh, no. Suddenly he's not psychic anymore. Suddenly, oh. he's not, uh, you know, borked in the brain to think everything's okay. Yeah. Suddenly, he realizes everything he's done and everything he's been doing. His psychic connection is gone, and he's no longer in contact with the Tyranid fleet. Uh-oh. Because you know what he is? Biomass. Oh. 
Oh, no. They didn't want to be biomass, they wanted to rule the galaxy, and thought that the Great Devourer would give them the power to do that. You're yeah. half right. You'll have the power, but it won't be you anymore. And so, be part of the collective. The entire cult is eaten, and Ooh. their biomass put in. Any native Ooh. gene stealers are turn on the cultists and just eat them. Uh, mm. And everyone else is eaten. The planet succumbs to a Tyranid invasion, much like any other, and every ounce of organic matter is completely devoured. Ooh. And it's left a barren waste. Excellent. Tyranids. What a good, good faction. Now, there's plenty of other things they've done, but this is the broad strokes and some of the units. We'll talk about a few more, I think, as they might come up in next episode, because, you know, there's a lot of them, and they do a lot uh. of things, ranging from uh, the Dune Sandworm. Uh, Excuse me. You heard me. To they just have Mongolian death worms. Kind of. Uh, to uh, more cthulhu venom monsters. Excellent. Uh, to the Doom of Malanti. Yeah. Which is a uh, let me om nom your soul. Yep. Um, we're we're gonna talk about Cryptmen. Yep. Pterodactyls. Nice. Are these terrible? Pterodactyl. Terrible dactyl. Pterodactyl. Um, but also, I just real quick want to mention there's a lot of fan art out there of really cute Tyranids, just like there's a lot of fan art of really cute uh, Zerg. Same goes for Nids. Like, here's just a little basket of Hormagons, and I love them. I was uh, I was talking to a friend of the show, uh, and he said, uh, Oh, you guys are talking about Tyranids! You mean, mm. they're, they're so huggable and loving. That's why they have the giant claws to rip open tanks to, to, to hug, hug the you. things inside. Yes. Uh, to say about the tabletop of Tyranids, I love Nids' top, tabletop. They're a lot of fun. They take like a lot of thought, more than you would think for just a swarm army. Yep. Because of Synapse, it's a really great storytelling and game mechanic. It it very much makes you think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, check us out on Twitter at GrimdorksPod. Email us GrimdorksPod at gmail.com. We still have received no emails. <laughs> In the arms of, arms of an angel. That's okay. But on the other hand, uh, we do get like a lot of nice things about the show every once in a while, and I really do enjoy just like, hey, you guys are great. Like that's keeps us doing this, you know. We appreciate it a lot. Validate me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Did I did I cut too close to the chase? All right. So uh, now I'm gonna get off and go dick fight. I mean stick fight, fuzzy. So uh, I, I have, fucking, I have shit to do, fight. buddy. Oh Don't god, he's gone. What the fuck? Oh god, he left. He left the call. No. Yeah, I just rejected you live on air. Oops. Shit. Did my internet just go out? I can't believe. Oh he's no. Done this. <laughs> We're just gonna have to end the show without. Oh, a break. he got. Okay, no, he's oh, no. back. Okay. Oh, okay, I came back. <laughs> Man, that that's gonna be some weird, uh, some weird audio. I'm just gonna leave most of it in. I, I, I know <laughs> I'm you, you are. You track.
So excellent. Uh, don't. I, I have been Hierophant John, and with me as always are my two favorite boys that are horny for the proboscis. <laughs> Uh, I've been Patriarch Fuzzy. I've been Apparent Braden. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Grim Dorks. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Like the show? Want to show your dorky pride? Go to bit.ly forward slash grimdorks to pick up a variety of merch. Our theme song is John Hammer by Matt Lee. You can find them on Twitter at NiceWizardMusic. Our background music is Go Home and Be a Family Man by Norrin Rad from OC Remix. And remember, Ave Imperator.